I think it's interesting. I think it's a God thing that happens. And uh, we sit in there and we're like, okay, we're going to pray. Okay, we're going to get into prayer, you know. Everyone's kind of chit-chatting about uh, different stuff and no one's kind of really jumping to their feet yet in prayer. So I kind of mention it again, oh, shall we pray? They're still talking amongst each other. Okay, cool. Obviously they come up for prayer. Um, and, uh, and then I just started praying. And uh, this amazing thing happened that as I'm praying. I started, as I prayed and, and then others started praying, I started getting drawn into the closeness of praying with others and seeking the mind of the Lord. And you might think, oh, well, that's what you're meant to do. But it was, it, it was just like, at first you're, oh, you're up there to pray. But as you started praying, as we started praying, I felt drawn into, you know, the vortex of the matrix. I felt I was drawn into to wanting to pray more, to wanting to, to hear what others wanted to offer up to God, to wanting to, to, to just seek the mind of God with a few other people. I got drawn into that. And, and it's a bit like, I suppose, how God gets you with what he wants when he wants you. And um, today was an important day. Why is that? Very good. Brett's on. Valentine's Day. Who here got a Valentine's present? One, two, three, four. I got a few. Got a few. Did anyone feel they really wanted one and missed out? Be, be honest. Come on. Two young guys down here. Jock, your wife got you nothing? Nah, she's just given. She's just given you thirty years of her life. Praise God. Um, <laughs> and she's still with you. And she forty. And she's still with you. And um, so you got forty three years, mate. Praise God. Um, yeah. Anyone else feel they missed out? A couple of young guys down here missed out on on. on yeah, another guy down here missed out. So, yeah, but, but see, when I was praying up there, I felt drawn into God. I felt drawn into the words of what people were offering up to Jesus. I felt drawn into this serenity that I believe is, is a God thing. And it got me. It didn't really get me as I went up there. But as I started praying, as I started communicating, as I started talking to God, as I started hearing this guy talk to God, and this guy talk to God, I started getting kind of sucked in. And I wanted to draw closer into the presence of God. See, what I was experiencing is really a, a, a love of God that is different than what you might experience elsewhere. I was experiencing a part of God's love that you can only experience as you put yourself in that place. And so I was drawn into this place of wanting to talk to my creator with others more and more as I did it. Excuse the earphone. It just keeps popping out. 
And so that's what was happening. I, I just felt like, whoa, I'm, I'm getting sucked in here. It's like, ah, ah, I can't get out. Ah, it's getting me in. But I, I was enjoying it. And, and it, was, it was just dialogue with a few people about God and giving up praise, giving up thankfulness, asking him that he would bless things tonight, that we could pray for people. But I, I felt, and here, here we go, guys, I felt loved. You know, guys, can you handle that? I felt loved. I felt the love of God right there and then. And I don't know about you, but here's just like a real crazy thought. How many of you here tonight came wanting a bit more of God's love? Does anyone here tonight? That's cool. Okay. Cool. That's good. Well, that's what we come here for. It's Valentine's Day. Okay, so you get to experience a bit of Valentine's Day, God's way. Oh, that's a good rap. Valentine's Day, God's way. Well, yeah, that's what we've got to say. Okay, so can't steal that one, Henry. Okay, Valentine's Day, God's way. That's all I've got to say. Yeah, it's good. It's a good rap, eh? Um, but it, it, it's just... It's interesting that that's what happened. And see, you're experiencing God's love in different ways. I suppose the world most probably thinks, well, we need to experience a bit more love, so we throw on Valentine's Day. We need to experience a bit more, so we throw on Mother's Day. We have this, we throw on Father's Day. And so they want to experience God's, what, their own love in all these different ways. And I don't know about you, but I've experienced love in many different ways. You know what I mean? I mean, when I was young and, and, and what I thought was dating anyway, I used to go out with this young girl, and, and my idea of in love and going out was that I would buy a, a bag of wine gums, about $2 worth. You know what wine gums are? You don't know what a wine gum is? Yeah, wine gums, they're like little, I don't know what they would call them over here. Uh, these lollies anyway that I thought were nice, I'd buy $2 worth, and um, I would sit on the bus with her and share them with her. Oh. And that was my idea of love, you know. Oh, pinnacle of love, share my wine gums. And so I know I went out with this girl for maybe six months, and our, our love connection was on the bus sharing my wine gums. <laughs> True. And, uh, you know, and so, you know, and then there was this other girl. I mean, we were young, so it was nothing like what I've experienced with my beautiful wife, but there was this other girl, and, and, and my experience of, of love there was that we would sit on the phone nearly every night for one hour and talk. And I don't know what we talked about on... Rubbish, most probably. And, uh, but my dad would always say, get off the phone. Yep. You know, and so my dad banned me from the phone at one stage. You know, and, and so my expression of love was through ringing her up and talking about, I don't know, school, school friends. That was love. I, uh, so there's this, this, this idea of love out there, and I'm trying to experience it. You know what I mean? Young, trying to experience it. Um, there was a point where uh, when I was raised on the farm, one thing I did love, and I don't know how many else, is, is I loved the smell of cow poo. Anyone here love the smell of cow poo? We got one. Yeah, two, three. See, if you've never been raised on a farm, you don't know what that's like. Yeah, cow poo. You know what I mean? And, um, and I don't know, there's something about walking on a farm and just going, oh, oh, can you smell? Oh, the this, that cow poo, oh, beautiful. It's beautiful, you know? It's like fresh. 
It's kind of weird. But I, I, I love that smell. I still love it today. You know what I mean? Um, it's not something I really experience a lot of in the Hawkesbury because turf farms smell totally different. Uh, I don't really like those. Um, not, not, you know. And so there's, you know, here's one that, here's a, a kind of a weird kind of love that I have is because I, I grew up in a home where um, both my mother and my father were chain smokers. Um, so from a very young age, I, I came to hate cigarette smoking because I always saw a full uh, ashtray on the table. And uh, when my parents were in the car, you know, they would, they'd always be smoking. And, and so I got to experience that. Uh, when I was growing up, all my, uh, my other brothers, they, they heavily smoked cigarettes as well. Uh, but I, I hated it. But you know, what's really weird is I love kind of having a sniff of, of cigarette smoke. Like, oh, there it is. But I hate smoking. I love watching others smoke, but I hate it. It's weird, isn't it? You know? I love watching them because I think, you're destroying your lungs. Like, true, if I see someone smoking, I like to have a glance and just watch them puff on that cigarette. It's kind of really, oh, I find it real weird anyway, I don't know about you, but, um, but it's, it, there's a kind of like a, a, an attraction, I'm drawn to it, but I hate it. I'm drawn towards it, but I, but I hate it. And, and there's all these, um, these, these avenues of, of, of love that we experience things that we kind of desire as we go through life. I never really knew how much I loved my brothers until I moved out of home. And I didn't get to live with them anymore. That was weird because we grew up and we always fought, you know. Always had a good punch in the head from one of them or I tried to punch one of them in the head and the other one would punch me in the head. And so we grew up with that and it was kind of like, yes, I'm moving out of home don't have to fight for my brothers, get my own bedroom, because I grew up never having my own bedroom. And, but something weird happened where I thought, man, I miss my brothers. I really miss them. I, I kind of felt a love that I, I never knew I had. I experienced a love I never knew I had. It's like most of you children here, uh, or if you're younger, teenager or whatever, some of you emotionally can't wait to get out of home. Am I right? You can say it even if your parents are here. Okay. You can't wait to get out of home, but when you move out of home, you miss home. You miss mum's cooking. You miss what your family offers you, even though you can't wait to get out of home. Yet there's something, some chemistry within you that connects you to your home. And so that love I had for my brothers was, was very strong when I left home. Oh, my brother, one of my brothers died three years ago. And one of the, the craziest things ever happened to me was I stood, I stood at my brother's grave and felt like this was, you know, I mean, he, was, he, he died and obviously he was buried. But, but here I'm standing in, in front of his, his grave and I, I just thought, I'm thinking I'll, I'll never, ever see him again. Never. And I, I couldn't move myself to walk away. I had to stand there. I, just, I stood there for a while and I couldn't move myself to just walk away because the reality of, well, maybe never again. This love that maybe some of you have never experienced that kind of love. And tonight, 
I'm, I'm going to be throwing out a common theme in, in the Word of God. It's so common because it's the major theme in God's Word, and, and it's something that our, our world is trying to celebrate, but they really can't celebrate it to its fullness. And that, that is, I, I, I want to talk about the, this love. Tonight I want to talk about the, the many rooms to God's love. Many rooms. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but have you ever walked into a house, and I noticed it with a few people from Bridgewater, when we go to someone's house and it's new, and, and I'm watching you, and, and we've never been there before, and a few of us pile in, but we'll, we'll go through the front door, and as we walk down the hallway and through the house, everyone's poking their head into the room. What's in that room? What's in that room? Oh, look at what have they got? What, you know, and everyone's just feeling like this freedom to look at what's in that room. Someone's house, they've never been there before. I think I'll put my head in and have a look. What have they got? Oh, computer room there. Oh, there's the TV room. You know, and so there's all these rooms that everyone's always having a look in. And it's because they're trying to see if there's something they've never seen before. You know? And so they just decide they'll take a peek into everyone's room in this house they've never been into. And so, and you know what? And I think God's, the love of God is, is that big. There's so many rooms in, in God's world that we're experiencing different parts of God's love, or we have to experience many parts of God's love to try and get the fullness of what His love really is. It's like when, when you, you come to Bridgewater, and if you've never been to Bridgewater before, people go, wow, this is, this is what, what church is about, and this is what God's about, because people have never experienced God's love in the way that we do it, however we do it. I'm not sure how that works, but, but for them it's different. You see, it's a different room. They've never walked into that before. And then, then they think, then they get used to that room. You know, that's kind of like the computer room. They get used to that room. Then they go to another room, or they go to another church and they experience love in a different way. And before you know it, overnight, that church becomes better than the church they were in. But it's, it's really, the reality is they're, they're experiencing something different of God. Because God's love is so big, there's so many rooms that you'll never explore the whole lot until one day when you stand before Him and you see the fullness of His glory. You see the fullness of who God is. And so you're experiencing all these different ways of how, how God loves, how God works, who He is, and how He functions. And so there's all these, these different rooms. I, um, I had the privilege, um, some of us, you know, we had the privilege of having Joe and Michael on camp, right? And... Um, and, you know, man, who loves those guys, right? Yeah, you guys love them because they cook good meals, right? And, and, and so you got to experience one side of them. I, I, got, to, I got the privilege of, 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 of traveling or working with Joe and Michael for about two years before they left and went to the promised land of New Zealand. And um, that wasn't a joke, mate. Okay, I'm serious, okay? Please take me serious. Um, <laughs> and anyway, um, but uh, I, I got to see them. I got to see them go on a journey that maybe some of you didn't get to see. I got to see uh, Michael and Joe at, at a pretty distressed state, really trying to comprehend. 
who God is. And well, they kind of thought they knew and how he works and, and got to travel with them. And I saw them at different stages experimenting and experiencing God in different ways. And, uh, you know, there was one stage uh, when I first met Joe, I just thought, oh, no, I don't know if I want to work with Joe. Um, and, and God allowed me to. And, but, but I just thought, oh, I'll work with Michael first. And I, but then I got to see Joe go into a new light. I got to see Michael step into new areas of, of loving God. And, you know, and then I got to see them come on camp and flourish. And over the, especially over the last year, I really got to see them just really go into a place that was just freeing for them. And um, it was awesome to see them on that journey as they experienced different ways. And you guys got to experience, experience their cooking and, and just their ministry there. And you could say, wow, that, we love them. But I got to see a whole journey of two years coming from a place of being distraught, wanting to give up, believing that you couldn't be radical for Jesus and sell everything and go to another country, and then being radical for Jesus and selling everything and going to another country. I got to see that, that love that, that starts to, to operate in so many different ways, where God is, is opening a new room to their life, and they're walking into new rooms into their life and into new areas, because there's so many rooms that are so untouched in our lives that God wants to open new doors so that we can see how he functions and who he is. And see, at, right, right at the moment, some of us are at a place where maybe we're young, and, and what we believe is love is playing PlayStation. Oh, I love PlayStation, you know? And we're, we're connecting with our physical love, kind of like, you know, the physical spending energy, you know? PlayStation, you know, that's why some kids kind of like, they can't comprehend when you're speaking in the schools and you go, oh, you know, you're telling me to give up PlayStation? You're telling me to give up sports? I'm saying, no, I'm just saying it's taking up all your time and you've got no time to discover who Jesus is. But because they're, they're right there and then, their idea of, of love and their desires are towards something a little bit more physical. They haven't right now come to understand the emotional concept of love and how that works in a relationship. They, they, you haven't understood that and it's not really worked out in your life. I talked to one guy last Wednesday night at Ostac, and he said, Roger, I never knew what love was until my girlfriend of a number of years left me. I never knew what love was until she left. And why did he never know? Because for once in his life, he just became brokenhearted. Everything he thought was his world just fell apart. Because she left. It's like someone was saying that they saw a video the other day on YouTube where this child got his PlayStation taken off him because his mum did something. And so they set up a video camera in the room and he was going nutso because the PlayStation was taken away. And this guy was doing backflips and real angry and slamming things on the floor and going nuts just because he was not allowed to play PlayStation. Because that's the, the affection of his heart. He doesn't know that, but that's, what, his, that's what, what he's learning how to love right there and then. And so there's, there's many rooms that, 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 that are opening and closing and, and you don't even know it's happening. It's, it's so new to you. 
that you don't even know it's happening. And, and God says that, that there's, there's, there's this multifaceted ways of, of loving him. And we're going to go to a, a, a real common passage that talks on, on love in the Bible. And, and that passage is, you guys should know it. It is? John 3.16, no. Corinthians 1.13. And we're going to go to 1.13 and um, verses 1 through to 3. And I just want to read you this. Oh, when, I, when I talk to some of the, the young ones in the high school, and, um, and I, I, I talk to them about love, you know what I mean? And they know what love is, so they think. I say, oh, cool. I say, can you love like this? And I start reading it out, and they're all, no. I say, well, you've never really fully understood love, have you? But here's some of what God says in 1 Corinthians chapter 31 to 3. And, and I like this passage because I believe that the focus of the, this really tests our love. It says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and all of angels, if I could even speak like a Kiwi, but I didn't love others, and that's the key, but I didn't love others, I would only be a noising gong or a canging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy... And if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, if I was the most talented, gifted person in this community, and if I had such faith that I could, not, I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. What I like about this passage is, is God saying, I don't care what gift you have, how talented you are, how hard at working you are, how sacrificial you are. I don't care how many people you've reached for Jesus. I don't care what you've done when it comes to this magnificent spiritual realm. He said, if you cannot love others, it's worthless. See, you can win someone to Christ without loving them. See, you can practice your gift and even expose your talents to the world without loving others. You can give your money right here tonight. You could even give you know, double of what you usually give because we're taking up the two-penny offering tonight. You could give your money. You could serve in the worship team. You could get up here and preach. You could serve out there with the young ones. But you could do that without loving others. And God says, if you do that without having the love of others for others, he says, it's worthless. It's worthless. Boys, just settle down. If you want to talk, you want to share something about what Jesus is doing? Cool. It's, it's worthless. See, and that's the key, I find, that when it comes to me really knowing God, is that at every point where God shows me a new room, I find that, that it's not just that he's showing me how that he wants to love me, but he's showing me how I should love others. And that's the hardest thing, to love others. See, we can love ourselves, and we, we like to do that. And we could give time for ourselves and what we want to do, and we can spend all our energy on ourselves, but how much... Can we spend our energy on others? See, the Word of God talks about love as this massive mystery that you walk into and you start to discover. I find that God's love is learning. It's, it's, it's about learning all the time. 
I'm learning every day, not how that God's love works, but how it's expressed in my life and how I'm meant to express it to others, how I'm meant to express it to my wife, how I'm meant to express it to my children. I'm learning every day of what love really is. It's a mystery. And it can only be untapped. God's love can only be untapped with the, the, the mystery of grabbing faith and walking into it as a person that wants to understand it and that wants to give it out. Jesus says that love is the very set, it's the very core primary thing that man has to focus his eyes on in regards to loving God. God says it should be his very being of who he is, that man's whole being should be that he should love God with everything that he has, every facet that he has, that you have to somehow love God with every part of your being, your mind, how you think should be loving God, your heart, what you desire should be loving God, your, your, your physical strength how you spend your energy should be loving God. And God says, and then your soul, how you connect to God himself. Your whole being should be the primary uh, focus of your life in loving God. He says that that's where it's at. He says it's this mystery that is untapped, that, that is always learning, and that you should be going in. And what it should do is that it should drive you to love others. And then if, 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 what you, if your Christian faith is not driving you to love others, then let me tell you this, you're playing around. You're mucking around. God says it's just, it's worthless. Just get out on the streets and clap. Don't even tell them about Jesus. Just clap. You might as well just do that. Because if it's not driving you to somehow spend your energy on somehow reaching someone else, God says, you could go and talk to the cows, mate. Good analogy, isn't it? The cows. Only because I was thinking of the smell before. See, I love it. It's got me. And so, somewhere, somehow... Your spiritual energies should be drawing you to loving others. God says that that's the greatest commandment. But the second commandment, which is equal to the first, he says, is that you would not only love God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength, but that you would love as yourself. I think sometimes we take out the others and we say, oh, I love God and I love myself. Oh, I love God. And I love others. And I love myself. I, you know, I think what we want in this world, we desire, is that we want to be loved by others. Everyone here. I bet you everyone, oh, I just want to feel accepted. I want to be a part of the group. You know? And so we do anything to do that love. We buy clothes so that we look apart. We look like someone. We do our hair, so we look like, I don't know who we look like when we do our hair, but we do, we do something so that we feel like others will accept us. We do that. We wear the right shoes, we wear the right pants, we, we say the right things, just so that others would love us. 
Because we want to be loved. We do. We want it to be, we want to receive that love. And more than anything else, we find it hard. Kind of, how do we receive God's love? So more than anything else, we want to receive it from somebody. When you're young, you, you kind of think that, you know, PlayStation is it, so you try and kind of engage in that, and you feel like you're accepted. Wow, I can play this game. When you grow older, it's kind of like between your peers. You're not really doing the whole boy and girl thing, so you just do the whole boy thing where you're just real good friends. It's all about my friends. And then you grow out of that, and the hormones start going crazy, and so then it's all about, Wow. I need, I need a partner. I need, I need to kind of feel accepted. So I, I need to have a boyfriend. Or I need to have a girlfriend. And so you start going down this track where you want to feel like you're being loved or that you're fitting in in this world. But, with, but Jesus is saying here, but that if your love, if your life does not connect to loving others, as he says there in, in Corinthians, if your life does not connect to loving others, then your love is, is worthless. All you're doing is actually worthless because it's not doing the very thing that it should be because we're all looking to be loved by someone. But Jesus is trying to focus our attention into loving God first. See, see when it's not happening for me, when, I, when I'm not feeling loved, which, which is at times often, when I, you know, I'm, I'm an emotional guy, New age guy, you know, and then sometimes I don't feel loved, I don't feel accepted, I feel down, I feel out, and so, you know, in my mind, it's like the Spirit of God is saying, hey, Roger, you know, I love you, just spend some time with me. I'm like, oh, yeah, what's that going to do, you know, and, and, and God's just saying, well, you know, just, just start talking to me, will you? Just start dialoguing with me. And I'm like, I'm thinking, well, I need more love than that right now. And you know, the, the thing when I feel like that, and I put myself in this place where, where, where I say, okay, God, I'll just sit here and, and, and I'll just dialogue with you and, and I'll just start, you know, just talking to you. As I'm talking to God and as I'm trying to draw close to him and I'm trying to come into the presence of God, it's like God is saying, you know what? You know, you should just go and love that guy. I love you. You should just go love that guy. You know, you should just put out a little bit more to your family. You should just put out. And I'm like, well, I'm trying to feel loved here, but you're trying to tell me to love others. You're trying to get me to push your love further afield, yet I'm trying to feel loved. And so I feel as I go into that place, which is, you know, it's kind of like a deepest emotional kind of place, you know what I mean, guys, girls, you know? It's, it's God's pushing me to, like he says in Corinthians, you can be talented, you can be spiritual, you can have the best gifts. See, but you know what? If you love others, it actually means nothing. If you don't love others, it means absolutely nothing. And, and, and I love Corinthians because God just brings us back down to this reality. And, and the greatest thing is that the Word of God says that love never finishes. It never finishes. Never. About this time last year, we, we had an older guy. Some of you remember him that was part of our congregation called Roger. 
Roger was a uh, single guy. His, his partner of 42 years had died uh, about a year before, a few, six months before, and now he was single and on his own. But the, the thing he craved more than anything else, and this guy had experienced everything in life. He'd lived a full life of, of doing what he wanted, being himself. The thing he craved the most in his dying years, in his last few years, was love. He, he, I mean, this guy traveled the world. He, he had everything that he ever wanted. He had a little Harley chopper. He'd been building a Harley Davidson with his own hands and, and welding it up in his garage. He had a Model T Ford 1934, I think it was, in, a, in his shed. And he'd lived the dream as a young guy to in his 50s. But here he was in his last years, and all he ever wanted was to feel loved. It's all he wanted. It was his deepest crying need. See, because love never ends. It's always there. It's, it's, it's something that will be with you for the rest of your life. And for those that are young right now, what you love now will change tomorrow. See, God takes you on this, this crazy journey as you enter more rooms of knowing God. God takes you on this journey from experiencing a little bit of love when you're, you're young, you know what I mean? Oh, I love sports, and, 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 I, and I love cars, or I love this, or, and I love hanging out with my mates. You're experiencing a, a little bit of, of your desires. But as you grow, those desires are going to go deeper. They're going to go more into relationship than they are into something that's practical like a TV station or a PlayStation, or a car, or money. It's going to go deeper. Because love never, ever finishes. And then, then, I suppose, as you grow older, I haven't experienced this, as, as your children move away, then you're going to want grandchildren, and hopefully then you can love them. And all that kind of stuff. As you, you open new doors. Because the thing you cannot kill is love in your heart. You cannot kill it. You know, as much as this guy would just say, you know, he could fill his life with stuff, Roger, he could fill his life with cars, with motorbikes, with friends, uh, try and get friends. But the thing that he desired he couldn't kill was, was love. He couldn't just say, oh, who cares? I don't need to love. Just cut it out of my life. But no, he needed it. See, somehow, somewhere, some way today, you connected into Bridgewater or came here because of someone. There's a friendship there. We, uh, you know, we had an interesting experience the other day. Um, we, we got a little dog. I don't know what, what's it called? It's like a chihuahua, kind of mini fox. But, you know, some of you have seen it's a little thing that jumps up and down and kind of jumps everywhere, you know, and it's a cool little dog. But, you know, when that dog, when that dog, we got that dog, I thought, oh, no, what is that? You know what I mean? That's a rat. I want that dog. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, I wanted another staffy. You know what I mean? Something that kind of looked small but was bullish and would attack you, you know, to have fun. You know, I like that kind of dog. And, and, so, and so, you know, my wife says, oh, look at it, it's so beautiful. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And um, so it was this, but, but you know what? On uh, the other day, the, our, our dog, our little dog killed a red-bellied black snake. Yeah, got him. Real good, mate. Just, boom, just got him. And we're like, oh. I looked around the corner and there's the snake. 
got, he's gone, he's dead. Because the dog just, boom, had a good snap at him and somehow got his little fangs into him and, and got, the, got the snake. And the snake's at home now. I want to bring it down one day and scare someone. And, and so, but there's this snake and it's dead. And, and, and oh man, you know what? And, and automatically we're like, we're drawn to the dog. What a great dog. You know? And, and, and then my wife's saying, oh, when that dog goes, we've got to get another dog like that. And I'm like, yeah. We gotta get that dog's awesome, you know. And uh, I'm like, you know, I don't like mini foxes, but I like that dog. That that's the kind of dog I want, you know. And then and then today we're driving past. Um, I'm driving up the road here, and there's this car, and there's a sign in front of it, you know, mini foxes, little mini foxes for sale, eighty bucks. And I thought, what should? I wonder if I should ring my wife and see if we want to get another one now before the other one dies. You know what I mean? And so for some reason, see, see, you can't kill love. Even if this little dog dies one day because the snake gets it and it's gone, I mean, the snake's most sure just got to open his mouth and he'll walk in. He's so small, you know? And, but when the, when the dog dies, we're already contemplating how we can fill our love with that dog again. Because you can't, you can't kill love. You see, it's, all, it's in you whether you like it or not. It's there, and you want to fill the void. You want to fill the room with love somehow. But the only way that you can really fill it is with God's love. The dog ain't going to do it for us. But it's kind of a little bit of an antidote for now. But it's it's us, because you can't kill love. It's a part of us. There's a value within us as we're created in the image of God that says We want to feel loved. We want to be loved. And it's only fully explored in every room that we walk into as we discover the love of God. When we don't discover God's love, we're we're trying to find out which room, how love really works. But as we discover God, you find true love. Songs of Solomon. Songs of Solomon is a book full of love. I tell the, the young ones in the high school, I says, there's a book in here that you're not allowed to read until you're 13. The Jews weren't allowed to read it until they were 13. They go, ooh, what book's that? And I go, well, I can't tell you. I said, come back at lunchtime. Oh, I'll come back at lunchtime. Will you read it to me? Yeah, I'll read it to you. You know, and so I usually get a few of them coming back because they want to know what it is. But Songs of Solomon talks about how, how deep this love is. There's a lot of imagery in it, but it talks about how deep. And in chapter 8, verse 7, it says this about love. It says, well, verse 6 says that, For love is as strong as death. There's real strength to it. It says, Many waters cannot quench love, nor can rivers drown. You cannot drown love. It's always there. Then he says, If a man tried to buy love with all his wealth, his offer would be utterly scorned. You can't buy it. You can't kill it, and you can't buy it. See, because it's this mystery. And it's only as you tap in to God himself, as you tap into the Spirit of God, does the mystery of God's love where you can love others, does it start to become fuller. You can't buy love. You can't kill it. It's a mystery that's got to be learned. Ephesians tell us that it's, it's wide, it's deep, 
It's, it's as far as the east is from the west. There's this love that goes every way. You cannot buy it, but you can get it for free. It costs you nothing because you can get it from the person who created it. And we can only love God because he first loved us. That's the only way you can find God's love. And I don't know what you've found out about God right now. I don't know who, what you know about God. But you can only find God when you accept his love for you. That he died for you. He gave his life for you. And that he's willing to let you explore every bedroom, every room, every part of his kingdom and show you what true love is so that you can love others. If you're struggling to love others, that's because you're trying to do it on your own. If you're struggling to reach out of yourself and go more towards giving your life to somebody and to something, it's because you're not learning to know what God's love is. God's love should draw you to love others. Nothing else to it. It should draw you to that. If it's not drawing you to that, you're not experiencing the fullness of God's love. You're missing out on some of the best stuff that he's got to offer. His love will draw you to reach those that don't know of his love. If you stay in your love, will you just say, I want to be loved? You'll just keep feeding yourself and feel totally unsatisfied in life. Totally unsatisfied. But Jesus' love went to the point where he actually reached out and he died for you. He died. He gave his life. Can you imagine that? He gave his life for you. I say to people, would you die for your best friend? Would you die for your best friend? They go, oh yeah. Yeah, I'd die for my best friend. Would you? What about this? I was reading this to someone the other day and I thought, whoa. I was reading it to myself. I thought, whoa, this is even more powerful than dying for a friend. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and it's verse 13. Now listen to this. Check out this love. It says, so if, I, if what I eat causes another believer to sin, so if I eat McDonald's and that really makes someone sin, I will never eat meat again. I will never eat McDonald's again. Yeah, I'll die for someone if someone's going to put a gun to their head, but would I actually not eat McDonald's because it stumbles someone, because it hurts someone? I'm thinking, well, that's true love. As long as I live... I will never partake in that habit. For I don't want to cause another believer to stumble. When I read that, I thought that. You know what? I say to people, would you die for your friend if you had to? Yeah, I'd die for them. Would you stop playing PlayStation for them if it hurt them? Mm, PlayStation? Would you stop eating McDonald's if it helped them? Well, I'd die for them, but stop eating McDonald's. Stop. Oh, 
not go to PlayStation, not go to the movies. That's a hard call. But think, if you could help someone grow in the kingdom of God and what it took from you was stopping something you love because you love them more, then that, God says, is true love. As long as I live, I will stop doing that. As long as I live, I will stop making smart remarks. I will stop doing the very thing that they don't like because it's hurting them spiritually and they need to grow. I will stop having a bad attitude. I will stop having an attitude with my parents. I will stop hurting other people with my words. I will stop and think of others before I think of myself. It would, if it would help someone else discover the love of God, then I will stop what I'm doing. That's hurting them. That's true love. And Jesus was prepared to go all that way and do whatever it took, whatever it took, just so that you could know him. That you could enter into that Valentine's Day and enjoy who he is. I want you to just, just close your eyes for a second. Just bow your heads. I want you to ask yourself right now, do I know the trueness of the love of God? Do I really know it? Do I have it in my life? Is it a part of me? Do I know the fullness of it? Have I ever, ever experienced truly the love of God? And if tonight was the first time that somehow God touched you and you want to be touched by God, if that was tonight that you felt that, then right now I just want you to just, just raise your hand. Say, you know what, that was me. If tonight was a time when God touch you for the very first time and you want to be touched even more by God's love, then I want you to just, just raise your hand right now.